0: This is episode 389, How to Feel a Sense of Home and Safety Inside Yourself, with Stefania. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now let's get on with the episode. Hi everybody. Welcome to the show. As always, thank you for listening. Before we dive into this week's episode, I want to tell you how excited I am that we are launching another Be The Queen course. It starts officially February 28th, but we have a bonus call that happened to February 21st that you can still jump in and get. And even if you're listening to this episode after February 28th, it's not too late to join. You can join us and catch up. Or if it's really far after February 28th, like if it's April and you're listening to this episode, you can always grab the Evergreen Course. But if you are listening to this episode when it drops or quite quickly after it drops, which I know a lot of you do, Be the Queen is for single women who want to call in their epic man their epic relationship, their conscious relationship, the relationship they've been waiting for and quite frankly fighting for. I felt like I really fought for my relationship. I had to fight off my old past patterns and limiting beliefs. I had to fight off temptations to go and settle. I had to fight off bad dating advice. I had to fight off all the insecurities I felt about my age or the fact that all my other friends were married and having kids or the fact that I was divorced. I had to fight off so much. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and eventually, I surrendered into a way that led me to meet Steph. And I put myself through my own course, basically. And now, the course that I put myself through that led me to Steph and now my new family is what Be the Queen is. I teach it with my husband, Steph. Uh, we teach it live, or like I said, you can get the pre recorded program for a little bit less of a cost. But if you can join us for the live version, I highly recommend it because when you join us for the live version, you also get a free ticket to a one-day live in-person retreat with us. This year, it will be happening October 12th in San Diego. And just that day is is worth the whole program. It's, It's so epic. There's so much more I could say about the program and I want to, but I don't want to take up too much time on this podcast. So I'm going to send you to christinehastercom slash be the queen. You can apply there. If you have any questions or concerns, you don't know if it's right for you, you want to talk it out, email jill at christinehaster.com, and she can hook you up and help you out. If you missed the coach's corner, Steph and I did last weekend, we talk a lot about the program and we also give you some great tips for calling in your man, your love, the one you are waiting for and the one that you deserve. So this week's episode, it's with Stephania, who may be joining us for Be the Queen. Who knows? It sounds like a relationship could be going, you know, one of two directions. And this call is about how to really find a sense of home and safety and security and not feel the anxiety, not do the people-pleasing thing, not do the codependent thing. So as you're listening to this call, consider, do you have a history of not just a history, but you have a current pattern of being a people pleaser, being codependent, having a bit of an anxious attachment style? Do you feel like you put everyone else's needs before yours? Do you feel dysregulated or triggered very often, perhaps even jealous? And finally, did you lack a parent who really, really nurtured you and loved you? Did you know that at least one of your parents, particularly your mother, loved you unconditionally? Or is that something you missed out on in childhood? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Stephania. Stephania, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Christine. Thanks Mm -hmm. so much for having me.
1: I wanted to ask you if you can give me some tools, I guess, to kind of create a sense of home inside myself and A sense of security. I know you talk about a lot about how we're always looking for safety and I think Mm -hmm. it kind of shows up in when I go through like rough patches in my life I just like go really down. So when I do go through rough patches because life isn't perfect so when I do hit those bumps to be able to kind of like find a safety within myself and not depend on outside factors to give me mm-hmm. that safety that mm-hmm. I've done my
0: life. Mm-hmm. What outside factors have you used for safety in the past?
1: Hmm, good question. So I think I've just always been looking for something outside of me. Um, I've been a huge people pleaser mm-hmm. my whole life. And th- I think my the reason this question came up was most recently during COVID, I moved back to Spain, which is where I spent some of my teenage years. And after not having a very stable home for most of my upbringing, I um, met my partner, my current partner, and we like built a nice, steady home life. Um, and it gave me this sense of security that I never had before. And so I was able to focus on other parts of my life. But over Christmas, it kind of got shooken up because I found some flirty conversations Mm. with someone else. And I just like had two days of complete meltdown. Mm. And um, when we first be in the relationship, I was I had a lot of like codependency and I was very aware of it. So I like worked on it. Um, and I thought I was at a better place, but then the universe was like, nope, another level. (laughs) Um, so yeah. So I think when that happened, um, I realized that I was very much still very codependent on like him. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know, like I, like the first two days I just felt like my whole life was falling apart. And then I had this moment and I was like, Okay, like there's got to be a lesson in this. And I think it was just like the universe telling me that there's a whole nother level of one codependency that I need to work on. And two, I just want to like find a security and safety within myself so that obviously these things happen and to be able to, you know, kind of self regulate and find that within myself.
0: Yeah. Well, what we're really talking in here is about nervous system regulation. So if mm-hmm. we, if we make it a sense of safety and home inside ourselves, it, it, it stays elusive and it stays a little non-tangible. And it's like, how do we do that? How do we name it? How do we know if we have it or not? And so from my perspective, a, for lack of a word, better way to go at this is to look at your nervous system, look at the protective parts that come up inside of you and help you learn to to regulate yourself a little bit better. Because when we can regulate ourselves, then we feel safe. And we look for outside sources to regulate us. So for example, let's say that, this is, this is in so many ways how addiction happens, this is one of the ways addiction happens, is that I, I'm overstimulated in some way, or I have so much pain I don't know what to do with, let me numb myself, and that's an attempt to regulate. But what we're really is happening is we're numbing. So even the the codependency and people pleasing, you feel dysregulated. You don't know how to calm your own nervous system down. So you wanna plug into someone else to make you feel safe. And so it's like, oh, okay, if like this person loves me or if this person is here acting the way that I need them to act, then oh, I'm, I'm calm for a second. So I love your question. But does it make sense what I'm hearing you ask for is really about knowing how to regulate?
1: Yeah, I think you were right on saying that it was kind of like an elusive concept. But yes,
0: I, yeah. I
1: think the best way to approach it is how to better yeah. self-regulate. Yeah.
0: So, and I don't need a big story about it, but just curious, where are things with partner now? We
1: are waiting on our appointment to, we still live together. Uh, We are waiting on an appointment to get started with like therapy, couples therapy. Mm -hmm. So we're going to try it out. I'm like, but I do have a completely different mindset. Like I realized those two days, my felt like my life was going to fall apart. And like, because I don't know, just like living together, the dogs, Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? Blah, blah, blah. And then I realized like, I, I, don't want to be that dependent on mm-hmm. anyone. Um so I think my mentality has changed and it's kind of like if it doesn't work out this time, I'm not like going to be shattered about it. Okay. Do you want it to um, work out? Uh yeah, but I feel like a lot of things have to change. Okay. So that's I don't want to like close the door immediately because I feel like then I would, you know, ask myself in the future like what if we gave it a try? Mm -hmm. But I'm like, like very aware that a lot of things have to change. What do you need to change? I think I personally, I think I need to kind of focus on me more. And I, I do have like jealousy and toxic traits that I had a lot more of at the beginning of our relationship, but because of this recent incident, um, they've gotten back to like being pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I, I don't like being like that, you know? And I like, I, I don't know. I just get really wound up and become really like. Disregulated. Talk- <laughs> you become <Yeah. laughs> dysregulated
0: is what happens. So the, the, the thing that. It's it's really it's really difficult because we're in a dysregulated triggered state. And then mm-hmm. we get back to somewhat of a regulation, non-triggered state, and then we go back and look at ourselves in that dysregulated, triggered state. And we often have shame and judgment about our behavior when it's yeah. almost like we're drugged or possessed by by the dysregulation and the trigger that the, the person we are and the place we are in our brain and our nervous system is completely different than the person we are in our brain and nervous system when we're reviewing that past behavior. So I love your ownership and I love your honesty. And I love that you can see that you have these patterns. And if you can use them as their alarm system. So what I'd love to hear you say is more, I am aware that, Jealous behavior gets triggered in me when I'm feeling or when I'm not getting or when I'm reminded of because the whole I can be jealous is is like saying that's a trait about you versus really taking a step back and going, I have these tendencies or these, not even I have, these tendencies and patterns come up in me when... A part of me is activated when, you know, an inner child part is activated in me when, and that leads me to go into jealous-like behavior. Because when we have ownership of the things we are doing, quote unquote, wrong, or the things that need to change in a relationship, we want to make sure we're not doing it with shame and judgment. Because as you probably heard me say, nothing heals in the energy of judgment. But it also can be very self-deprecating in some ways that may have us change from the place of thinking something's wrong with us, but not really change from the place of really having so much compassion for our wounding and wanting to heal it. Let me say it another way. If a person changes because they have shame or judgment about behavior versus if a person changes because they have so much compassion for their wounding and they want all parts of them to be less triggered so they can feel more peace in their life, which one do you think actually lasts longer?
1: The latter. Right.
0: Right. So it's going to be really important for you to go into any kind of transformation, any kind of therapy, any kind of work. With, yes, the awareness and the ownership of some behavior, but not to the degree that you are going to change because you think something's bad or wrong with you and you need to fix it in order to be lovable. Make sense?
1: Yes, it does make sense. But then there's...
0: (laughs) But then...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like, yes. So I I totally understand that concept and when I think about it, I agree with you in the sense that it's going to make a big difference where it's coming from. But I think I just like, I I don't know how to do that for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never, I don't think I've really experienced anyone else do it for me. So I don't really know how to give myself that compassion, Mm -hmm. especially in like those moments.
0: Yeah. So what's coming
1: up for you now? I think I'm just a little sad, maybe angry. I never had that as a child. Yeah. I'm sad because? I'm sad because I have a mother who could have given it to me and she
0: didn't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What did your mother give you?
1: I feel like she did shame me. A lot for the things I did incorrectly and was very happy when I did things the way she wanted it to, which I think is where people pleasing
0: Absolutely. comes
1: from. And I, I know I still have a lot of anger around that. Yeah. Um, but Rightfully so. To-
0: yeah. It's okay to be angry about that because it, and this is where the, you know, you use the word codependent where a lot of that comes in because it's like, you don't know how you're doing until someone else gives you feedback. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's, it's just, there's a sense of self that doesn't quite fully get developed. What's the one thing you wish you would have gotten from your mother that you didn't? I think
1: honestly, just like feeling loved or Mm -hmm. I think it all ties into like feeling loved, feeling understood. And I just like, don't ever remember getting a hug or saying like, Mm -hmm. Like, it's okay, I understand you, or I love you, or like, no matter what, you know, those kind of words, like, I have no collection of that whatsoever.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. That's really hard not to get from mom. Yeah. And it is a void that you've probably been trying to fill your whole life. Yeah. And you know, because you do the work and you listen to the show, the only person that can truly feel it is you, no one else, but that kind of wounding does really set us up for that codependent type of relationship because we're always looking for someone to come in and make us feel like we're loved. And when there's any kind of, and this this explains the jealousy too, right? Because it's like you're so yearning for someone to choose you. And in some ways, you didn't feel like your own mother chose you. And so whenever it hits that button of, I'm not enough for you, it hits a very tender place inside. Feeling rejection from a parent, especially the mother, is excruciating. And I'm not saying that in a like you know, way to sound dramatic, but more from a place of compassion of.
1: Yeah. I think that's like also kind of where the anger comes from because, because I, I, (laughs) this is not to put the blame on anyone else, but I just feel like sometimes when I'm doing the work, I'm like, ah, this is because of you. And Mm -hmm. so, um, I think that brings up a lot of anger, Mm -hmm. which I'm not I'm getting through,
0: but yeah. And, and I won't, you know, fast track you through that because that would be spiritual bypass. And it's great to get that. See, we can, we can resist blame when we actually get the emotion of anger out. If we just keep the anger in our body, then we just blame in our mind the whole, the whole time. But let's just, let's shift gears just for a moment. We're still talking about mom, but from a more spiritual perspective, from a soul perspective, let's just entertain for a moment that you picked her to be your mom, knowing far in advance when you were a soul, exactly who she was and what kind of mom she was going to be. So why do you think you picked this mom? What are you learning in this lifetime?
1: I guess it is like, it's kind of the same thing as question, kind of like to be okay with like no one else picking me, like picking myself and loving myself and having compassion for myself and being there for myself, it just feels like really hard and big lesson.
0: Yeah. Well, and it, because it feels so foreign too, that's the thing, you know, do you speak any other languages? uh Uh-huh. I speak Spanish as well. Yeah. So I don't speak Spanish other than little things here and there. And so if I had to read a book in Spanish, it would feel really hard and intimidating to me and take me forever. Whereas you could do it pretty easily because you speak the language. So you don't speak the language of love right now because you didn't have that modeled for you. So of course it feels big, but what I want to say to you is that you know how to do it. It's in an eight thing in every single human being how to love and how to love self, because it is who we are. There's just a lot of programming and patterning and hurt that's that's gotten in the way. So coming back to the nervous system conversation, one of the ways that you... Because what a mother does, often what a mother does is she regulates her child. I've read somewhere and been told by people, I don't know the the source of it, but I've heard it enough times that I'm just kind of assuming is true, that a mother and a child nervous system are intertwined and the mother system regulates the child until they're about seven. Primarily when they're little, but it still happens until the age of seven. So not only do you have the relational dynamics that you have with your mom, but you also have her nervous system imprint. And I'm guessing from how you described her so far, she wasn't the calmest person in the world with the most regulated nervous system. Probably not. No, probably (laughs) not. So there's that that imprint of really not knowing how to regulate and that's a mommy's job. You know, a mother's job is when baby or child gets scared to comfort them, to love them, to tell them everything's going to be okay. I love you and I got you. And you didn't have that. You didn't have the primary teacher of regulation there. So I can appreciate why this feels hard. It is because you missed out on the the fundamental foundational place for this. It's hard, but it's possible. But the archetype that I think is gonna be most helpful for you to tap into is the mother not your mother, but the mother archetype. So when you think of the mother archetype, like a mother, what does that feel like to you? What is a mother? I feel like it's someone
1: who I would feel safe in their presence. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just kind of like imagine a woman looking at her children and just like, smiling and glowing just because they exist pretty much Mm. and I think I don't know that's just kind of like what I imagine when I think of a mother
0: yeah and do you do you feel the nurturing energy and Mm -hmm. the unconditional love
1: yeah like the feeling of yeah unconditional love that's exactly what it
0: is yeah and believing in you and thinking everything you do is amazing. Like I yeah. think everything my daughter does is amazing. I was watching her eat a blackberry today and it was the most <laughs> amazing thing I've ever seen. She eats them every day. She loves blackberries. But I just, I'm I'm obsessed. I love every little thing she does. Picking up lint off the ground. <laughs> making a face when she's pooping. Like I love it all.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly
0: what I'm Yeah. Yeah. And that is the, the archetype and the energy I want you to tap into inside yourself because that will bring you that feeling of home and that will help you regulate. Have you noticed that since we've been talking about this mothering stuff, maybe you're, you've relaxed a little bit, you've dropped into your body a little more. Yeah,
1: yeah. definitely more relaxed yeah I was tense yeah at the beginning of all
0: yeah yeah because you're just being held and you're being seen and we're talking about the beautiful expression of the mother and I wish I could fly to Spain and just mom you up and take care of this for you but no oh, one yeah. <laughs> no one else can this is really something you have to find within yourself and what's so beautiful is when you find it within yourself, you're going to be more regulated in relationship. And a lot of the things that we don't get from parents, we can get in a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. And we can have do-overs if we do decide to be a parent someday. It's not necessary, but it's it's another expression. So right. what I'd love you to practice on a on a daily basis is becoming a mother to yourself. So maybe you need to do some journaling about what a mother is, what you would have wished for from a mom and have some practices in place every morning. Like maybe every morning when you wake up, you wrap your arms around yourself and you hug yourself as if a mother was hugging you. And you just say, good morning. I love you. Did you sleep well? what did you dream about? And then maybe every night when you go to bed, you write down all the things that you're proud of yourself for, for that day. Like a mom would tucking in her kid and being like, I'm so proud of you for doing this today. You did great at that. And you made me smile when this happened. And when you learn this, it was so cool or whatever it was. I'm just giving you ideas. Mm -hmm. But do you think you can do this? Does it sound like it could be helpful? Yeah, yeah, I think it will. Yeah, and what are you feeling now? (sighs)
1: Um, I think one, (laughs) calmer, um, two, I, I hear people say this a lot in your podcast, I'm like excited to put these things into action Mm -hmm. because, you know, it is like we talked about before, it does feel really big. Mm -hmm. Um. And I know it's not going to change overnight, Um, but I think I was missing some like tools or ways that I could feel better. Mm -hmm. And I think what you just said is going to help. It's Mm going to be some of those
0: tools. Good, good. And in those moments when you feel dysregulated, Mm -hmm. so jealous or anxious or... Needy, or whatever it may be, find a way to mother yourself in that moment. Like, how would a mother calm down a child that's upset? She'd speak nicely, she'd hold, she'd rock, she'd hum, she'd sing, she'd distract them. Like, all the things that mothers do with babies are the things that regulate our nervous system. Horsey lips, like, can regulate your nervous system. It's, it's all stuff mothers do naturally with kids. Right. You know, mothers who were open to their own hearts, you know. And your mom, given whatever she went through in her life, was just a little closed off to love. Or a lot closed off, I should say. And that's not to give her a cop out, but it is to just really drive the point home that it had nothing to do with you, Stephania. You are completely yeah. lovable and perfect. And it seems like in this lifetime, your soul is really here to learn how to, again, using the metaphor of mother, really mother self and be that embodiment and break this probably generational pattern that's probably been there in your feminine lineage for a while. Yeah, I really wanna do that. You are doing it. Otherwise you wouldn't be on the phone with me. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just sending you so much nourishment and nurture and soothing to your nervous system and the belief in you that I know that you can love your way to the other side of this. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie, for your question. Um, Today's call brought up such a good topic that I really want to emphasize here you know, her question was about finding a sense of home. And really what that translates to is how do I feel more regulated inside? How can I not be in that fight or flight part of my nervous system and really be in that rest and digest? Because when we think of the metaphor of home, that feeling of home feels safe. It feels nourishing. It feels relaxing. It feels fulfilling. Feels like at home, we're always going to have a full belly and a warmed heart. And that happens inside when we are in that more rest and digest regulated part of our nervous system. So finding that sense of home is, yes, yeah, sure doing the work and asking ourselves the questions, but it's also about a consistent practice of knowing when we're dysregulated, AKA triggered. So when we're you know, in our head and when our brain is fast and our heart is fast and there's knots in our stomach and we're just reactive and we're time traveling. You know, something in the present is triggering us way more than it probably needs to because it reminds us of something in the past. So when we're in that dysregulated state, it's really a practice of finding tools to bring us back into our body to regulate our nervous system. And I loved in this call that we really likened it to the archetype of mother. Because if we think about and feel into the archetype of mother, not a personality of mother, not the mother that you had in human form, but the archetypical mother, not the societally portrayed mother, but the archetypal mother, archetypal, archetypal, tomato, tomato. I think I've said it (laughs) different ways here, but you understand what I mean. The archetype of mother is nurturing, unconditionally loving, believing in us, calming, soothing. It's like, come here, sweetheart, everything's going to be okay. And we've got to find that What, whatever, it doesn't matter what gender we identify as, all of us have a mother inside of us. We've got to find that mother inside that can calm us in those moments. And it's not just with self-talk. Sometimes we need to involve the body. Sometimes we need to hum Or shake or blow horsey lips, which, as I said in the show, is something I do with my daughter a lot. You find those ways to calm because when we're dysregulated, we're not going to be responding and reacting from present day. We're going to be responding and reacting from past times when we've been really triggered or really hurt or really, really wounded. So that really was the essence of my call with Stephanie. And my biggest takeaway for you today find ways. Well, notice when you're dysregulated, tap into that archetype of mother inside of you and find ways to really soothe yourself, calm yourself down. You know, not having that loving parent, especially mother, is so hard, so hard. But as we discussed, Stephanie's soul in this, in this lifetime chose her for a reason. And one of the main reasons that she might've chosen her is because she's really here to embody what mother truly, truly means. All right, everybody, that's the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over at Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at Christinehassler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe in iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at Christinehassler.com.